0: Welcome to the Modern Savage Podcast. This is episode eight. My guest today is a former collegiate athlete, now professional football coach, a man I truly respect. He is a man of principle who espouses the need to lead by example, the importance and value of competition, and the necessity of character. Please welcome my friend Casey. Off and running. Here we oh, go, man. Right. Cheers, though. Cheers to that. A little Wisconsin snowstorm to start the day. Oh, yeah. So you got uh, you got a, a rare week off, man. You're usually traveling all over the place. Yeah. So I mean, how is it that this week, like, just is that how it works out? Sometimes you're doing it, sometimes you're not.
1: Yeah. Sometimes uh, we have some camps that I'm not actually obligated to be there. You know, a little bit smaller sure. camp. Um, so kind of planned it out that before things really get rolling, yeah, we start a bunch of our big camps in May. Uh uh-huh. Gives me a chance to settle in at home, get some things done, you know, do some work around the house. How does so? I guess before we even get into that. So that I don't misspeak, break down for people what it is that you do as far as your coaching. Yeah, so I, I coach long snapping camps across the country. Mm-hmm. I work with high school, college, and NFL athletes, mm-hmm. all the way from kids who have never snapped the football before to obviously guys that are trying to make the NFL or even twelve-year vets in the NFL. Um, we cut our teeth on training, you know, mm-hmm. developing the product, helping guys get better and better. Uh, But then also, too, during certain parts of the year in December and May, we do ranking, rating, and evaluation camps Mm -hmm. and do written evaluations. We do uh, numerical rankings, star ratings to help guys get recruited by colleges and then even get exposure to NFL teams and so on.
0: Are there multiple – Enterprises, I guess, like yours, like not maybe just for long snapping, but yeah. like, like obviously there's going to be
1: something for like presumably every position. Definitely, definitely. There's a bunch of big, big programs, you know, like the rivals, um, you know, ESPN obviously does some stuff, sure. Under Armour, um, that do the big positional camps, the quarterbacks, receivers, but we actually work in correlation with Under Armour mm-hmm. to do the special teams portions of it, okay. kickers, punters, and snappers. Okay. Um, and then there's one other entity that, um, you know, kind of does it at our level, but we're actually the the largest camps in the country. We okay. run the largest football camp every year in Tennessee in July, and we'll have upwards of nine hundred to a thousand kids at that camp. Really? Yeah. What is the name of your of your company? Cole's Professional Camps. Cole's Professional. So Cole's Professional Special you Teams. You played camps. in college. Yeah. How did you go from that to this? It was actually totally by chance. Okay. Um, so I was self-taught in long snapping all the way through my junior year in college, and had a couple opportunities to play at larger schools to just long snap, sure. But I really didn't want to just do that. Okay. I wanted to still play defensive end like I did in high school, and um, that say went into me playing at Wisconsin Whitewater. Right. And uh, I actually had the chance to play baseball there my freshman year, and then realized you could either be okay at two sports or you know try to be better at one of them. Right. Right. Um, so I stuck with football, and uh, I played defensive end there uh, all four years, as well as snapped all four years. But my boss's father, Mm -hmm. John, actually came out to one of our camps – or sorry, one of our uh, practices my junior year. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, man, you're pretty good. Like, have you ever thought about training on this and trying for the NFL? And I kind of laughed at it, to be honest. I'm like, I'm a D3 guy. Like, I'm just here to have fun and play football and, you know, win a couple championships. And uh, I actually got involved then with Coles, and the guy that I eventually took over for started training me, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't afford the camps, so I would run camps for him as well to kind of offset the cost. Yeah. So, um he decided to step down when he started having kids and a family and uh so they went into me now taking over the, the reins about seven years ago. And here I am. So kinda of was really all by chance. Like I always knew about Coles. Yeah. I had guys that I you know, our kicker and punter on our team were with Coles. Mm-hmm. One of the guys that I work with now. So it's it's something that's been around for a while. Yeah, twenty two years. Really? Yep. Twenty two years at Coles, okay. you know, from my boss cold calling coaches and sitting in parking lots to now, you know, we see probably Three to 4,000 kids a year.
0: Three to 4,000?
1: Yeah. Now, is this something where people are seeking
0: you guys out? Are you seeking them out? Is it a combination of the two?
1: It's a combination of the two. Um, Luckily, you know, we've built up our brand well enough that people, you know, know who we are and, you know, that we deal with all the colleges and NFL. Um, But then we also do outreach to programs.
0: Just dealing with all those. I mean, I think obviously sports was a huge part of my life, huge part of your life. But then I feel like it got ultra competitive where it just. You had to start, you know, freshman year high school, if you want to play in college, you got to start doing all this yeah, sort of behind-the-scenes work. Do you think that's a good thing? Do you think it's not a good thing? Does it take away from the purity of the sport? Does it get too businesslike? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because well, you're obviously way more intimately involved with it than anybody I yeah, know.
1: Yeah, it, honestly, it's kind of all of the above. I okay. mean, you, you see a lot where um, I've always been a big proponent uh, of playing multiple sports, yeah. you know, being a multi-position athlete, we sure. play one sport. Um, Where now, though, too, is that everything has become so competitive that if you don't do, you know, camps like ours or some of the camps we talked about previously, if you don't specialize in that, Mm -hmm. it's tough to keep up with the guys that do specialize in it. Sure. Because they train on that seven days a week. Right. And they have professional coaching. And, you know, the guys are very, very good. um, That it's made the sport far more competitive. Right. Which I all about i mean that's what i believe sports are all about is being competitive but right. also too it's you know um just like i was kind of saying about how i went to college to play baseball and football well i was going to be an okay football player or baseball player because right. i only had half the time to do each one right whereas when i could focus on one and have a whole year to do that mm-hmm. well, i became much much better because my focus was on one thing for sure um but with high school i'm all about the experience. You know, try different sports, see what you like, see what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, because some guys don't know if they like basketball or golf or swimming or whatever it might be. Right. You know, because they just get tunneled into one uh, one sport and one position. You know, how do you know if you want to play quarterback or not? Right. You know what I mean, it's just – it's tough. Uh, a lot of it has become kind of educating the parents, to be honest. What do you mean by that? Uh, just showing what opportunities there are. You know, a lot of people just think that, you know, long snapping especially was a position that was just uh, – spot maybe if you're an offensive lineman mm-hmm. that, hey, you know, you can't really start as an offensive lineman, so go long snap. Right. Whereas now you could be a guy that might not be a D1 caliber offensive lineman because of your size or speed or it might be, but you are a definite D1 caliber long snapper because of your size and speed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it um, – you know, a lot of people I never really knew what long snapping is or was. Sure. So educating them on that and now that colleges are actually – Giving full ride scholarships to eight to twelve long snappers a year, I mean that's hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's
0: amazing to me how much money, oh, it's unreal, is involved in particularly the college football game. Yeah. Like, and how much trickle down effect that has to other sports programs? Yeah. Like I know guys that coach, you know, different, you know whether it's baseball or swimming or yeah. whatever have you at the college level.
1: Yep. But
0: an enormous, if not their entire budget is based around the revenue of the football team. Yep. Which is crazy yep. to me. And if the football team isn't playing, then all of these other programs go unfunded. Yeah, absolutely. Which is just, I, is, you know, and if you think about that, how much, like during the pandemic, how much money those universities lost because yeah. they could not
1: have games. Right. Well, that's why you see a lot of those larger conferences, you know, like the SEC just push through. Yeah. Because they had to. Absolutely. if they don't play, like you said, everything does go on. Well, it's revenue dependent. Right. That right. is just crazy to me. So it kind of became this thing where either we play or no one plays. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know,
0: one of the things that I also think is, is interesting is like everything else in life, like it seems to be getting more and more extreme on, on both that ends of the spectrum. And with sports, you have. Guys and girls that are probably more towards our end, which are like very competitive, seek that out, want to be the best and are super driven to whatever their goals might be. And then you have the participation trophy crowd. No doubt. And that to me, I, I don't necessarily know that the like foregoing the fun of a sport just for the competition's sake is the right thing to do. Because yeah, I think I there are so many. And one of the things that I kind of want you to speak to is all of the lessons besides the actual game that you feel that that people should look to take away or can take away from the sports experience, the teamwork, the leadership, like learning sort of the resilience and all of those things that I know you and I look back on those years of our lives and took away and that made us who we are. Definitely. But at the same time, you look at the participation trophy crowd, and I'm like, man, I can't go anywhere near that. I I just want nothing to do with that at all. So what – what, how do you experience that? Because obviously you're dealing with people. I mean, once you get to the N.F.L., it's obviously the extreme competition. Yep. College the same. Yep. High school probably. You know, it's you're still dealing with obviously people that want to come yeah. and put in the time, the effort, the expense to train up to be the best. Yeah. But do people ever like when you're out socially and people know what you do? Do people ever come and say, "Well, you know, isn't everybody?" good or the same or shouldn't
1: everybody you know what i mean oh yeah no doubt no and that's um one of the biggest things that we don't really necessarily deal with being the level that we are in uh, high school college nfl with training guys is that we're always going to be honest and i feel like with participation and everybody you know hey johnny you did a great job well that's not always being honest with people right and they get the the long you know the long story becomes kind of muddied for them because you know some kids aren't Six, three, you know, some kids can't run faster than the other. Some kids just aren't as strong. Like, yeah. that is the human being. Like, it's they're not everybody's the same. And exactly. That's the beautiful part about it. That is exactly the beautiful part. But it's also it. being a realist. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to look around. You know, we have a camp of 900 kids. You need to look around and you can tell if, if you're not hitting a 60 yard field goal and other guys are. Well, that's Johnny, just the truth of it. Exactly. It's, it's very cut and dry. Yeah. And I think, I
0: think that there's just, I don't know how it is that we just got away from reality.
1: Yeah, well, like we're going to put everybody, everybody on the back. end line. Yeah.
0: And someone's going to say go. And there's going to be one kid that makes it to the other touchline yep. before everybody else. And he's the fastest. Like, it right. doesn't mean that he's a better person, he's just the fastest. <laughs> exactly. That's just the way that it is. Exactly. But I feel like we've really made a huge mistake in trying to make everybody equal. Yep. Because some people, like, for example, I have zero musical talent. Zero musical talent. I have a buddy. He yep. can listen to a song the first time, sit down at a piano, play it back. Yep, gifted. Perfectly. Th- that's that's his skill. He has that skill. Right. I don't have that skill. Okay, that's the way that it is. Yep. And certainly there are things that you can work on. You can improve, right? If you have oh, raw absolutely. talent, you get in the weight room, right? You watch films. You run the drills. Yeah. You practice, practice, practice. I'm a huge believer in that too. But at the same time, like... We just got away from, like, the way things actually are. Totally. And I think that you're having a lot – I think you see a lot of societal effects because of that. Yep. You see a lot of guys grow up and think that they're
1: this and that or whatever, and you're like, that's just not the way it is, No doubt. No doubt. One of the biggest things that, you know, I even think about today, like, it was actually funny. I went out to my parents' house yesterday, and I got a whole container full of my 6th and 7th grade participation trophies. Right. So it feeds right into this. But, you know, I do – believe though that at a very very young age yeah that the inclusion and the participation yeah, is for key. sure um but then when you get towards you know high school where you do have to make a tryout and compete for those spots um because like you talked about like it does help with adversity you know and handling those situations how do you process that are you a person that shuts down or takes that as a you know screw you man like i'm going to prove you wrong right you know or it, it, and then those are lessons that you will take for a lifetime. Exactly. What those it is are that lessons do.
0: that translate so far beyond the yep. actual field. Exactly. You're going to come up against some hard stuff in life. And in those moments, what will you do? Yep. The way that I always looked, not always, the way that I looked at sports maybe in reflection as a grown man was that this was practice for real life. Absolutely. These, like the lessons that you're going to take away from here will hopefully prepare you, instill confidence in yep. you, right, for what may come down the road. No doubt. And I think if you try and bubble wrap those experiences, yep. what you're doing is you're actually harming that individual down the road because they will not be prepared for the shots that totally. are going to come. Totally. Totally. And I think we're seeing that now. You see
1: people that are just so unable to like manage yep. their lives. I see a lot of uh, with sports is the entitlement. And That's one of the what things that I that? see, where they feel like if they put the time in, that they deserve it. Okay. Not necessarily that they've earned it. You okay. You know what I mean? Like they. Well, I've been working all summer long, so I'm gonna. You know, I've I've deserved that spot. Well, they don't think about the other guy that's doing the same thing, right? Or the other guy that maybe have worked that much harder than you did, right? You know, those couple of days you maybe you took off, um, you know. And that was one thing that, uh, like, you know, playing D three football, like, there's no money involved. Like, you're actually paying money to go and play. Everybody's there because they love the game. You know, the camaraderie, the locker room. You know, and we won a lot of games, and that obviously helps. Winning always takes care of a lot of things. But then you see a lot of these guys that you know play at the the Power Five level with scholarships. Mm-hmm. Where there's the entitlement of being like, well, I'm a scholarship guy. Like mm-hmm. now, I can just kind of coast because you can't do anything to me. Because if you get a scholarship going into high school, that's a five-year ride no matter what. Really. So if you go in as a for walk-on, right, which is you know another thing we get into, it's a year-by-year scholarship. So that can be taken from you after that first year or second year, whenever it is that you know you sign it.
0: What do you think about college athletes being able to get endorsements now?
1: I think it's great. You do. You know, I was kind of opposed to it at first because, you know, everybody says they weren't paid. Well, you're getting a lot of money for tuition and per diems. But seeing, again, how much money the universities make on certain athletes and on their athletes in general that, hey, that's a way for the guys to, you know, because, again, not everybody makes the NFL. Not everybody's going to make that type of money. Right. That, you know, gives you a chance to be a stud at your college and, you know, help out local dealerships or whatever it might be. Right um to make some money and i know too now what's kind of funny is you know we always used to see all the the boosters and all that kind of stuff back in the day and that was all frowned upon now that's really what the nil is right is that hey we don't have to give johnny a scholarship because the nil can get him the money that he needs so then well now it's just you know it's just an honest conversation and it's out on the table yeah right we don't have to play the game. exactly now we're not hiding everybody did it you know as much as everybody thinks and they didn't but it always happened of course they did you know exactly of course they did like exactly. that's another part where you're just like get real right i mean you knew this stuff was just going call it like on like it is man just talk straight and, and uh so i think it helps provide a lot of uh young athletes opportunities to be successful i think it also exposes them to having to handle those situations as in dealing with an agent or mm-hmm. dealing with the fact that you are your own brand you know and that's kind of your thing with modern savage and and who you are as a person and you know the company that i work for and the division that i run like i am my brand right people come to our camps because of what i do and the conducting that we do at camps and um you know now guys have to conduct themselves better you can't go out and party all the time and get in trouble because then you lose those deals that's true you know so i do think there's some positives in it too
0: two questions that are kind of rolling around in my head one is if you look at a university or a college as an institution of higher learning mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these guys, especially at programs where like, the purpose of their being at that place is to play football. Yeah. You know, I remember I was, uh, I was living in Miami at the time and I went to see uh, Miami play Louisville. Okay. Amazing game. Amazing game. And Miami won it at the end of the game. And uh, the, uh, the player who had returned uh, the kickoff to win the game, they were interviewing him in the locker room at the end of the game. And I was driving back, and I thought something was wrong with like my radio yeah. the truck. I'm like, it just, I, I'm like, I can't understand what he's saying. You know, maybe my yeah. speakers are or something shot. So I get home, throw on the TV, and here's the interview now, but like live. Like, yeah. we're not live, yeah. but like here's camera, microphone in his face, and it wasn't my speakers. Right. Like he could barely speak. Yeah. And that guy graduated from that university with a degree. Yeah. And I'm like, that's. That's kind of an interesting conversation. So that's that's one question that I have is like, what are your thoughts on that? But my second question is, for these guys that do make all this money, I think, you know, I forget what the stat is, but like how many years after retiring from the NFL or the NBA or whatever that these guys are broke? Yeah, I think it was three to four years. Something like, which is crazy when you consider as much money as they're making. Yeah. Why isn't there something? If that's what they're at these programs for is to play football, why doesn't that program make it a point of like doing something to educate them on as far as this is what to look for when dealing with an agent yep like i feel like depending on whether or not you think that it should be at a university or has anything to do with like anything scholarly yep you're doing these guys a huge disservice by putting all this money in front of them at such a young age if you had given me that much money when i was 20 years old no doubt i would have done the exact same thing i would have been completely out of
1: control i would have been broke within two years (laughs) for sure there's (laughs) no no question
0: about it about it So why doesn't, like, don't you think that that's something that should happen?
1: So they have started to implement that quite a bit. Have they? Um, One of the things that I dealt with when I went into Green Bay for rookie minicamp is we spent two, three days strictly dealing with that. You know, how to finance, how to do these different things, how to handle this money. You know, you don't need three, four cars. You don't need to pay for, you know, mom and dad and your buddies and um, educating everybody on that. Um, But also, too, you know, you kind of bring up a school in Miami that has always been on that that teetering of, you know, the graduation and the type of guys that get there. And and, uh, and that's
0: just one example. I mean, yeah. is, no, it point, happens
1: everywhere. Right. You it could does. point to a lot of other yep.
0: schools where that's also quite common.
1: No doubt. and um, They just happen
0: to probably be the most prolific.
1: Yes, definitely. That is the best way to put it. They're definitely the most prolific with it. But what kind of happens is that if the guy doesn't graduate, the university loses a scholarship. So they do whatever they need to, whether it's having tutors or basically somebody follow them along and note-takers. And they do whatever they need to and can. But unfortunately, you can only make guys do certain things and so much. Because, again, now that guy's on scholarship again, so you're not going to push him out the door. And, again, if in anything, you know, I feel, especially in sports, that, unfortunately, people get away with a lot more when they're really, really good.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I you think know? that's probably just the truth as far as all walks of life, isn't yeah. it?
1: unfortunately I, I think you know that's that's all part of it but you see it way way more in sports that guys can do this because so and so can throw a ball a mile or run that much faster and it's unfortunate
0: you know it's one of the things that i was talking about with a buddy recently like i just find it amazing like the priorities of our society exactly no doubt like you got guys for example like we we're just talking about your buddy he's an emt I don't know what he's making, but he ain't making that much. right? right? And this is the guy that's going to show up and potentially save your life. If you're in a car crash, that's the guy that shows up. And depending on what he does in those few minutes is whether or not you get to the hospital and you live or not. For sure. Nobody cares about him. You know what I mean? But everybody knows who the starting quarterback for Team X, Y, and Z is. Totally. That is insane to me. And And the guy that is good at throwing a a ball gets paid
1: hundred times, hundred times, more at least, yeah, than your buddy who's an EMT. No, I can't. Like, I can't stand what the it. is that about? I, I I can't stand it. I mean, I, I get it because you know, entertainment and TV contracts and all that crap. But yeah, the the discrepancy between what we truly need, yeah, and what we what we like and what we want are totally different. I just think know?
0: that people are just willing to pay for distractions. That that's yeah, it. That's they just point, want yeah. some sort of a distraction. Yeah,
1: you know. And I'm all
0: about like sitting down, throw the Packers game on, get some sure. food, relax in the fall. Who doesn't love that, right? right. Absolutely. Booty sweatshirt on, it's all good. All right, get boys and girls around, get the grill going, awesome. Yeah. But people that like I know guys that every single Sunday yep. during football season, from sun up to sun down, are watching. Not just like one game at a time, but like screen in screen, like multiple games.
1: I mean, I I, I do that quite a bit. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> you know, I love it. Are you and serious? NFL Red Zone, man. Oh, my God. Well, because fantasy football, you know, stuff like that. The, okay. The, the family, you know, we have a couple leagues that we do. But again, too, that's also but my that's life. But that's also like, I your profession. About, Exactly. I know a lot about each team and whys and hows. And, I guess, but, man. I mean,
0: you know what, to each their own. I, I guess I
1: shouldn't, just because it's not my thing doesn't
0: mean it's not somebody's thing. You know, but I'm I am just astonished.
1: Yeah, At I don't do it all the time because I can't give up that much time, but I do I do enjoy a good NFL Sunday. Well,
0: And then when you think about, like, I mean, I don't even know how many sports channels there are as far as, like, guys commentating yeah. on this. And then people are like, oh, we don't have enough money to combat, like, homelessness. Like, are you sure? Because yeah, yeah. there's $50 trillion going into, like, football. Yep. But yet you've got homeless veterans. Yeah, like I feel like I could agree we more. Really yeah. need to sort of step back and reevaluate that situation. Totally, I, I totally agree. Like and that I, to me is just galling. You're like this guy pulled four tours overseas yep. and was wounded, yep. and now he doesn't have a place to sleep. Right. But we're yeah, going to go guy's ahead holding
1: out for fifty million dollars.
0: Like I mean, you just that to me is disgusting. I totally agree. I totally agree. And yeah. I I don't I just don't know. But it's the same. It's it's the same society. It's the same culture. Having the same saying. Oh, we need to look at this issue over here and fix this. But at the same time, don't take away my sports center. Yep. Like exactly. Come on, man.
1: No, I I totally agree. I mean, you even see it just you know from contracts back in the you know '60s, '70s, and '80s where they were, you know, pretty average contracts, no insurance, all that kind of stuff. Where now, because of you know a lot of it comes back to the TV rights. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so much money that comes in from. Uh, these TV rights, even like you know, uh, University of Texas has the Longhorn Network, which mm-hmm. makes like two to three billion dollars a year. Think about that, billion, billion you know with I mean? a like, B, For
0: those of you who are listening, right, like that one team, is, one program, right, in a college program, right. The high schools, like the high school. I remember one of the first times I was in Texas and um, uh, met a dude, became a friend who uh, played for Texas A&M. Yep. And he was showing me pictures of these stadiums, and I was like, "Wow, these are." really impressive college stadiums and he's like these aren't college stadiums what are you talking about he's like oh, bro this is my high school stadium yeah it was unreal yeah like you couldn't believe it like i mean Texas i've been to europe to see
1: professional soccer stadiums yeah that weren't this nice and you're talking yep. about like english premier league right right i mean a&m so we work with a lot of other guys down there they raised 550 million dollars from five donors in less than two hours like, and I know that for a fact, like, it was unbelievable. They went to <laughs> I mean, build like an that's... extension, you know, it sits a hundred and, you know, plus thousand people. And, you know, you walk in and it's retina readers you get in the locker room and thumbprint scanners, like just totally unnecessary stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like why do you have need a thumbprint
0: that? scanner to get, R- in the right. like, why do you like what that? are we
1: doing here? It's just, it really, what it is, it's come down to is recruiting to get guys. Do you, why do you go to A&M versus LSU or versus Alabama? I mean, obviously Alabama is kind of in the league of their own with winning games, but you know, when you start getting back to that upper middle tier, right. it's just facilities and what can you do for me and what do I get out of it, and that's they're selling. It's point. just a business. It's all it is. I mean, well now, now everything football else. is is a pro sport. Now the yeah. guys are getting paid. Nil, like it's no longer an amateur sport. Right. It it is a professional sport through and through, um, and it just again, it's just there's such a huge market and there's so much money and people just they love it. You know, like a like. People are are loyalists. Oh, for sure. You know, Duke, you know, in the final four, like people are loyalists. I just saw Eric Church uh, cancel this concert so you go to the game. You know, just basically gave up hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to the Duke game. You know, like, it's just people have these, you know, affinities for their team sometimes, too. I think it's such
0: an interesting thing, too, about how that is, how it's almost on a state-by-state basis. Like, there are some states... There are some states that just don't have a team that you can really rally right. behind, right? right? Like the Dakotas, right? There's sure. just not a lot of programs sure. out there. But then you have places like, for example, let's take the Midwest. Iowa. Man, the Hawkeye fans are loyal fans. That's Pack it. that stadium. Badger fans, loyal fans. Right. Go to Illinois. Yep. There's nothing there. There's nothing <laughs> there. <laughs> Which is crazy when you <laughs> yeah, think about yeah. that. For you sure. Know, not that people don't go to like Northwestern games or Illinois yeah. games, they do, but no one no one cares. Right. Right? No one knows. Yep. It's comp- it's not at all yeah. right, Ohio, Buckeyes, madness. Yep. Saturdays in the fall. Not. I mean everybody's there. Yep. Indiana,
1: nobody cares. Nobody cares. Right. It's just I don't like I, how the discrepancy works out. Is just such it, an interesting thing to me. It, it really it really is. Why do you think that is? It, it comes down to their alumni. Really. Yeah. I mean like, uh, like Notre Dame. Um, They've had their games sold off for the last, like, 25, 30 years, even when when they're not because the alumni buy it out to keep the streak going. Well, I mean,
0: Notre Dame is one of those interesting things where Notre Dame was probably the first program that had that kind of a following. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like, it was one of those things where, like, back in the Newt Rockney days and this and that, like, I mean, they just were the first on the map.
1: Yeah, everybody knows the gold helmet. Right. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Whether you're big in football or not, everybody knows that. Um, And the other thing, too, is is, – you know, the amount of programs you have in your state. You know, like Wisconsin has only one Division I football program in the Badgers, no other D1 programs, no FCS, no D2, no NAI. and then D3 public and a couple of private schools. So even like when I was getting recruited, either you stayed in state. You know, Barry Alvarez always talked about building a wall around Wisconsin that you keep everybody in, and then you have reciprocity with Minnesota. So a lot of guys either go to the golfers or go play D2 ball at Mankato State or other places like that or you go into Illinois and then you're paying triple what you would if you stayed in state. So that's why our D3 programs like Whitewater that I played at was so good, because we had guys, including myself, that offers all around different areas of the country, mm-hmm. but it was still cheaper to stay in state and pay in-state tuition. And then you stay in, then you play really good ball. And I was fortunate enough to play for uh, Lance Leopold, who is now the Kansas head coach and is starting to turn that program around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's very unique. It really is. You know, or then you have Indiana where you do have Notre Dame in that state. So now everybody that's anybody you've always grown up a Notre Dame fan. So Indiana's kind of the little sister, you know, or Mm -hmm. little brother, I don't call it. Um, You know, so that, that, that definitely happens with different States where, you know, if you have four or five major power five programs, well, it's going to be divided, you know, but um, again, too, it's, it's funding. I mean, that's why Wisconsin is the way it is, you know, in title nine, they, Made sure every bit of money came into the University of Wisconsin to maintain their status in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. because they couldn't afford to have money go to other, you know, major programs, you know, via taxes and everything else that way. So, it again, all comes back to money. Yeah, that, that's that is the engine that drives all everything. Of it. I mean, it's that's all it is, man. That's yeah. It's um. I think that there's you obviously know it so well, like the behind the
0: scenes of it. So every time you start. You start talking about it, I feel like I always learn something new. One of the things that, like, sort of abruptly changing topics here that yeah. I, like, wanted to talk about. Last time we were sitting around the fire, you mentioned something uh, pretty interesting. You were talking about, your, I think it was your family down in Texas, and about um, all the people that are moving there. Yeah. From someplace else. Yep. And how that's sort of changing the dynamic. Definitely. Like, we were just down on the west coast of Florida for a little bit, and... Uh, Annemarie Island used to be this sort of very sort of sleepy little beach area. You know, I love it. And small cottages, people go down there, chill on the beach, fish, this and that. And all of a sudden now you're starting to see these huge houses getting built up. And we were uh, sitting, grabbing a coffee, and we met one of the local guys. And we were like, hey, um, you know, we've noticed that past couple years, things are really starting to change around here. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, you know, when pandemic hit and people couldn't travel out of the country yep a lot of people come down here and realize that the real estate was not that expensive and Mm start buying up these properties and building these huge houses and he's like it's changing the way things are down here and he's like and the people that are moving here don't respect like the way that the locals had it definitely so sort of talk a little bit about like your experience in texas and like what's going on down there
1: Yeah. So my family in Texas, uh, my uncle is a university of Texas grad, right? You know, born and raised cowboy, you know, went on the GI bill to be able to even get his degree and everything and been very successful. But, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, there's like another tech boom going on basically with like software and the cloud and all that kind of stuff where, um, Austin has become this huge, you know, I think Tesla just moved out there, Mm -hmm. uh, a couple other companies and, um, you know, that same family had lived in Arizona previously mm-hmm. and part of why they moved from there was everybody from California coming over right and just uh, you know much you know huge change in cultural differences and just like you said just pure respect of the the locals and you know just the even the culture of like the food that you eat and the experience that you have and that's one of the biggest things I've seen too is that you know there's a lot of people that have a lot of money right and like you said if they can't travel and do those things well They're gonna go find a spot they can still go to and hey, we can buy our own spot and build it up. Um, That is just, you see a lot of change. Uh, Even like in Austin, it's kind of unique, you know, keep Austin weird, Um, where, you know, the downtown is so much different than the outskirts. You know, just, uh, you know, very, anything goes, you know, downtown and um, then you get in the outskirts and that's where a lot of the money is at with Lake Travis and so on that, now people are putting up all these gated communities. You know literally to keep people out and now you have to go through these homeowner associations to see if you even qualify for like what your views are and all this kind of crazy stuff and and it's just uh everything you know it's this huge dynamic that's that's changing and I don't know if it was you know the the millennial kind of thing now that's going on with people having different views of how to handle themselves and what they're going for or what they want or what they need but um you know with my uncle being a very very diehard thick Texan it, it really rubs in the wrong way mm-hmm. where you know, again, like he is a self-made man and is extremely successful, but now everybody just, again, expects that instant gratification and that instant feedback and, Hey, I did this. So you owe me that. And it's never like, Hey man, like, you know, just give me back next time. Right. You know I mean? That's just the values, you know, talking to him and, and seeing him and, you know, we're going back down there in a week or so to, you know, have the sit down conversation over some whiskey and cigars, but it just, it, um, you just see like it just seems the values are very different you know i guess like you know you are from around here too and and uh the values midwest you know like pushing your cart back in a grocery store mm-hmm. you know i remember one time i was down there pushing my cart back and a guys like hey you must be from wisconsin I'm like what do you mean he's like yeah we don't do that down here it's like wow okay that's you know interesting i just figured there's some you did you know like, Decency's just old <laughs> yeah fashioned. man you hold the door for a woman and you know this and that and it's just it's uh something i see unfortunately quite a bit too doing with younger kids really you know, there's no please and thank you anymore why do you, you think know? that is i think it always comes back to the the parents and the families yeah you know you only know what you know for sure and uh um, why
0: do you think so why do you think that went away with the parents i agree with you but i'm just curious why you think that is you know is.
1: i just think that again you get so wrapped up in so many other things that just the the decency of having manners you know like you know you should do this for me you know, like we deal with it sometimes, where people come to camp and they pay money to be there. Right. That they just expect it. Like right. I paid for this. Like you owe me a shirt. Right. You know, like you owe me this. You owe me that. It's you know, this is my name. Give me a name tag. It's like, all right, buddy. Like, you know, hey, how you doing? Right. You know, not even a please. Like, just how's your day going? You know, just a simple conversation. And do you see at least part of society
0: swinging the pendulum hard in the other direction? Because I do, and I'm all for it. Definitely.
1: Well, so what I see a lot of it is, is honestly. It's like, I don't know your uncle down in Texas. Yeah. But I already like the dude. Oh, you'd love him. For sure. You, 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 you know, i love like, him.
0: He and I, I get the feeling like right on. So no like doubt. you listen to two sentences
1: about the guy, I'm like, yep, you yep. like him. Exactly. No, I totally. And, but that's part of what I've really started to see is, honestly, like certain regions of the country. Yeah. You know, like basically, you take like the, you know, from the Midwest, LA down to Texas. Yeah. That nothing's changed there. Right. It, it's always please, thank you, no, sir, yes, sir, you know. Mm-hmm. I've had kids even, you know, say please, and the dad grabs the back the shirt, and they walk out, and kid comes back with his head down, you know. Um, but then you get East Coast and West Coast, and it's totally different. It is. And it's just, it's very interesting now that I've been able to travel the country as much as I have, is that you see, it's just, again, it's like a regional, cultural kind of thing where it's, you know, give me this, you know, the West Coast, and, you know, California, everybody's five, ten minutes late and just shows up, and, you know, it's kind of vibing out, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just a it different is. animal.
0: I you know I don't I think you never wanna you never wanna lump everybody right, together for sure. But if I was going to man California would be the first one on You're the darn list. Darn right man. I'd be like You're y'all could right. just stay right there. Yep. Like Yep. If it was like and I also think it's interesting that in California you would go out there and people are like oh California like this is the best we're so much better than everybody and now they're getting out of there like rats going off a drowned ship exactly. And but now they want to do the same thing every place else, and I'm like yeah man that's just not gonna work and we're yep. Like I'm gonna ask you nicely once, and then we're gonna have to figure
1: some things out. Amen, amen. And that that's what my uncle always talks about. You know, keep your California vibes where they were. Like you I, know. I got managed to a certain point, but like don't go peeing in my yep. pool. It, no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> you know, know what I man. mean? You know, I, my uncle has a huge flag in his office. You know, come and take it. Yeah. You know, it's
0: got the cannon on it, right? Darn
1: right. Yeah. You know, it's just that's that's way he views life.
0: Well, you I know. also think it's interesting that like if you were gonna put like if it came right down to it and you had one group of people on one side of the fence and the other group of people on the other yeah. side of the fence. Anybody who's got any brains know where they're putting their money when yeah, it comes right. right down to that. You're, you're damn right, man. You know I mean? No doubt about like, it. You got, you, know, you got the Texas six-gun barbecue crowd on one side, yes. and you got the California tofu crowd yeah. on the other. Like, <laughs> yeah, <you're man>. like, <laughs> no doubt I'm about I'm putting
1: it. all my chips on Texas. Oh, absolutely. Ten times in a row if I had to. <laughs> no, it's different values, man. I mean, and that's one thing I've, I've – always respect my uncle. Like I say, he's a self-made man, military guy, you know, um, was a CFO for a financial uh, investment firm. You know, so he's done extremely well for himself. Yeah. But also you never know. Yeah. You know, he's never got to sit there and tell you how it is or, oh, I've done this, I've done that. Everybody's got to walk
0: their own road. you yeah, darn right. And, and he's
1: great about it. If you find
0: people that you're like, like your uncle or people like that, and you and I know several guys like that, that you're able to, hey, sir, would you mind sharing a little bit of the wisdom that yep. you have because of the experiences you've had. you got to learn
1: from those people. Absolutely. I talked to him for hours. Right. Every, every time I get the chance to hang out with them, I talk to him for hours and, and you probably let him, learn let something talk. new every single time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's honestly what I've, I've realized more and more is, you know, we we talk about this every time we hang out, just talking about experiences. Yeah. Like that is the experience is doing people like, you know, my chance getting to, to meet you, you know, over the last few months moving in and, um, just the experiences I've taken from you, yeah. you know, just the the worldliness and just different views on different things and your education. And I just, you can only learn so much in school, you know, and I, and I totally get it. And I, I believe in school hundred percent education. I think it's needed from everybody. Um, but, you know, I guess for me, like, you know, my degree is in psychology yeah, and yes, it absolutely helps me with interacting with people and reading social situations and so on and so forth. But psychology is, you know, it, it does have, a, obviously, a major factor in sports, but with teaching long snapping, you know, it has a part of it. But, you know, I guess it's just getting the degree was something that, obviously, I, I feel I needed to do, and I did. But my degree really was in football. Right. And that segued into my career now. Well, the know? classroom
0: the classroom lays the foundation
1: yeah, for your real
0: education, which comes when you step into the totally. real world. Totally. And I think that's it. You have to have certain tools in the toolbox. In order to be able to, you know, get the work done later. Amen. But that's totally only agree. that's only the first step in what is hopefully a very long journey. Yep.
1: Well, and that's where I think sports too. Like we kind of talk yeah. about you know the the life values you learn in sports. Like you, you play, you know, uh, you play football. Like you have a very strict regimen. You have yeah. to be there at eight a.m., five a.m. Sometimes, bam, bam, bam. You're late. You run. If you're late, you get kicked off. The, you know, there's consequence for all your actions. There is camaraderie. Like you know, we always talked about while one of the biggest reasons we were such a good football team is that like, I have to do my job. So you can do your job. Right. And if I don't do my job, you can't do yours. and Then we all fail. And you that
0: know? is so important. Like the, the whole me, 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 I'm yep. the most important. Yep. That is not how it works. One of my favorite, like the program, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like, and <laughs> I know that we're dating ourselves by pulling out care. that movie reference, but I Love do not it. care. If you don't like that movie, Turn this podcast off yep. right now. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. Oh my God, so good. But one of the great lines of that movie is when they're talking about it, it's like, do you know what I will miss? And what I will miss is being in the huddle yeah, and looking around at those guys in the huddle and yeah. knowing that we all were working together for the same goal. Absolutely. That is what a community is about. Yep. That is what a team is about. That's what... A neighborhood should be about yep. what a town should be about, a city, a state, and ideally, like a nation. Yep. When you look so around so that that's at, at the, the, the mess that this country is right now, yep. it's because we're not on the same team, and we should be. yep Like you should be on the same team. I mean, as a planet, all people should be on the same team. Like there no are certain doubt. basics that we can all agree 100%. on. And the fact that we're not, like that's always one thing that I never understood. I can agree with and you. And how we have not. I've had the good fortune of of traveling quite a bit in my life. Yeah. And going to certain places that had a profound impact on me. And one of the places that I went that like, changed me forever as a person is I went to Normandy. Yeah. Okay. And you're standing there and I I went all around, but you're in one of the most naturally beautiful places that God ever put on the earth. I mean, it is amazing. You've got the English yeah. Channel, You've got the French coast. It is gorgeous. And at the same time, everywhere you look, for as far as you can see, are graves. Yeah. In a in a number that your mind cannot fully understand. And if you're a student of history, as I try to be, and you understand what took place there. Yeah. The tragedy of that is incomprehensible. Sure. And you're walking around and it's this grave and that grave and you're like who was this guy? What could he have done if he had not died here? Yep. Right? No doubt. And you're like okay, so, so this this happened. This event took place and this catastrophic loss of life in the most horrific fashion right. happened here. Surely we as a species would have learned the lesson of this place. Yeah. We would have looked at this after it was done and be like, no matter what, no doubt. this can never happen again. Yep. And yet now Russia's in Ukraine. And yep. you're like, what the man? Like right. what is it and then what you realize, which I think is sobering, is, oh well we're just never ever gonna learn the lesson then. Like it's just what you're dealing with is is the human condition. Yep. Which is we're not gonna learn the lesson. Someone's always gonna try and Take what isn't theirs, yep, and you can get into the the whole geopolitical thing which sure. or whatever, but you're like, just because you guys live on this side of an invisible line and you guys live in this side of an invisible line, now we're gonna start shooting each other, Yep. for, for what? and you and you actually interview the, the actual soldiers like sure enough, there are certain conflicts where like yes, we needed to right or wrong, yep, okay, but most of them, not the case, right?
1: I, I just find that to be, I can't wrap my head around that either, and that's something I I think a lot about because as we know you do and I do, we have friends that you know fought in Afghanistan and you know have been there for a long time, you know, and didn't even know what they're really trying to do there anymore. And like you said, like you think you would or you would hope that people would look back and and learn from the things that have happened with our forefathers and what they did to allow us to have even these opportunities now that. People again just take it for granted, almost. You know. Well, I mean, like, I've talked to a couple of guys that I know, and
0: I think the way that everything, like in recent history, as far as like pulling out of Afghanistan went down, and you look, and these guys are like, I spent ten of the best years of my life, yep, doing things that. 90 plus percent of the rest of the world couldn't or wouldn't or didn't want to do yeah because i believed in something and then it went down like this i just i feel like people in like politicians always take the best intentions of honorable young men and women Totally. And abuse them. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Like every guy and girl I know that stood up and took an oath and put on that uniform did it for exactly the right reasons. They did it because they loved their country and they wanted to fight for what was right. And they believed in honor and they believed in the flag and they believed in defending their home. And someone
1: somewhere in some office just always pisses all over that. And you'd hope that those people in those offices... Were the ones that should be leading the charge.
0: Well, I mean, that's the know? thing, too, is like that's leading from the front. Me. Leading yep. from
1: the front. Like that, exactly. somewhere
0: along the way, like we just let people start not doing that. Yep. Accountability has got to come back.
1: And that, that honestly, it, accountability might have been a better word choice before than, you know, the entitlement. But I feel they kind of go hand to hand. You know, the accountability of younger people these days, because they're just so coddled. You know no, I mean, I, mean like, I think
0: entitlement's also a good word for it. I think they're both appropriate. Like like what do I owe you? Oh no. We're gonna figure that out. Like right. come here. And I mean, you deal with it in every walk of life. Like you're not entitled to anything. Nothing. Like one of my favorite I forget where I heard this, but someone was like, This is the land of opportunity, yep. not entitlement. Like, Amen. Absolutely. Life doesn't owe you anything. Yep. Like when my family came to this country, they literally, literally had the shirts on their backs. Yep. That was it. Yep. And it was like, you work or you will starve to death, and no one cares. Yep. Like, life got so good in this country. Yep. And so easy that that's, what, that's how we got to right here. Like, yep. you talk to people that come from any place in the world that you don't want to be, and they're just happy that there aren't bombs falling on their houses. Yep. They'll work 16 hours a day. Yep. They don't care. They'll cut lawns, wash dishes, do whatever. Yep. It doesn't make a difference. Doesn't matter. My grandmother used to take... After a full day of looking after the household, four sons and my grandfather, doing all that, she would take a train to a bus at night to a bank yep. to be a cleaning lady at a bank overnight to come back and do it the next day. Yeah. No and doubt. people now are like, well, I, you know, this job isn't glamorous enough or flashy enough or yep. whatever. And we have a government system in place that gives them money, yep. which allows them to and do that. enables all of it, for which sure. Which is... For sure. I've said it before. The onus is on all of us. And by us, I just mean the general population of the country. Like, you allow this stuff to happen. Like, eventually, the system is either going to completely implode or enough people are just going to have washed their hands of it and be like, enough is enough. Yep. And when you sort of talk about what's going on with your uncle down in Texas, we're like, no, this is our home. This is how we do things. This is how we want it, and like yep. you cannot come in and tell us what to do because you have more money. Yep. You can't. Yep. Like, we'll meet you on the
1: fifty-yard line, and we'll choose up sides yep. and we'll figure this out. Totally. And what I don't understand too is like, whatever happened to you know rational discussions and yeah. understanding other people's viewpoints and hey, where are you coming from? This is where I'm coming from. Like, let's discuss and let's have a educated conversation.
0: Well, I think it's because of personal weakness. People are afraid. You and I can sit down. I look at you, respect you as a man. You look at me, respect me as a man. And we can have, then we can meet in the middle. Right. Because there's a mutual respect. And also there's a personal sovereignty. I know who I am. You know who you are. Yep. Whatever I say, like it doesn't affect you. You can listen to it. You could agree with it, not agree with it, think about it, not whatever. Yep. But people that are so fragile, because, and again, Totally. It, it it all it's it goes full circle. Participation trophy, no adversity, never learning a lesson, never taking a shot. You grow up and you become. I, I use the term adult in that situation very loosely. Yep. And then you are complete. You are threatened by everything. Uh, yeah. That's a great way to put it. The first time, so I boxed in college. Yeah. And the first time I got in the ring in college, I was terrified. Oh, yeah. Right, you're, you're stepping into a ring, and the intent of you being in this square is for you to try and brutalize someone else, yeah. and they're going to do the same to you. Yeah, that's that'll mess with your head for a second. Yeah, fight or flight, right? And and you right, and you're, you you gas immediately, right? Because your muscles are completely tensed up, and you're not breathing. But if you do it enough, what happens is you begin to get more comfortable. Absolutely. I mean, it's been said a thousand times, but you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Totally. And that is beyond just the sports or boxing or jiu-jitsu or whatever you have. That's life. Yeah. you got to come up against certain things where you're like, okay, I've been here before. Yep. I know how to handle myself. No doubt. Right? you yep. have all seen guys. You're at a bar, right? Some guys getting loud, right? And there's, there's two kinds of guys. There's guys that freak out and overreact, yep. and the situation escalates to a point that it shouldn't have right and there's guys that know what they're doing
1: and know how to handle themselves totally and play it cool totally that was one thing uh you know for me it was public speaking okay. you know we have that big camp every year and i do a speech in front of you know five six thousand people and first couple of times it was absolutely terrifying yeah you know but again like you said you, you rehearse it a little bit in your head you know what you need to say and you go about it and just Tell yourself to slow down and get it out. And all of a sudden, one, two, three, four, five times doing that. Now you enjoy it. You know, maybe get a joke or two out of it, you know. But, um, you know, that's one of the things, too, that, you know, my dad always said. My dad was a – didn't have a father growing up. Was the youngest of three kids. Had to pay for a mortgage at 14. And, you know, graduating high school was something he eventually did, but that was not of importance to him because he had to support his family. Right. And my dad has always been a a big, strong man. And, you know, he always told me, Case, he's like – you know, speak softly and carry a big stick. And he goes, Don't ever be the one to start a fight. But if you ever have to, unfortunately, you finish it. Or you just know how to speak and carry yourself in a calm, collective manner that will always prevail, than just being the person that jumps in, agitates everybody, and then you're in jail or you hurt somebody and it's even worse. Yep. You know, and that was one thing that I took, you know, as a young, young age, that, um, you know, it's funny, my, my brother, um, now he's, you know, a little bit bigger than I am, but growing up, he was a smaller guy. Right. So he always got picked on. Yep. So my brother come home, you know, ripped shirt, butt on his face and his shirt, but that was something he had to do to defend himself. Yeah. You know, whereas for me, I can count on one hand, how many fights I've been in. Right. But it's been somewhere you're disrespecting my sister or my family. It's never a bar fight. Right. You know, it's like legitimate, you know, right. No one ever is mad at you for doing it because you're defending what you believe something in. Or exactly. Some, you know, but I, uh, I, I couldn't agree more, you know, even the people that, uh, that I don't respect the people that, you know, they get a couple of drinks from them and all of a sudden then they're 10 foot tall and bulletproof, you know, cause then that goes back to that fragile person that, Hey, you're not confident enough in what you're saying or doing or who you are, that you need to have these, you know, liquid courage, if you will, to do that, that, you know, having you put it that way, it was really interesting that, um, you know, just being fragile as you're being sheltered and protected for so long growing up that I think that is where a lot of this and a lot of the issues that are happening now that, you know, people haven't handled diversity and what to do with it or haven't had those situations. You know, and my dad also had a line. um, I always bring this stuff up because in my previous career, I was a shift supervisor and youth counselor at a residential treatment center. Mm -hmm. And my dad was a director of education there for 32 years. And, um, you know, he just, again, just always talked about you take care of others the way you want to be, you know, taken care of or treated. That no matter what happens, you never know what their situation might be like. So don't ever sit there and judge somebody for what they're doing. You know, they might be threatened. They might be scared, you know, and people then, you know, the fight or flight comes out. Um, But just, you know, the, the pure value of, you know, your other man. Yeah. That it is, you know, our purpose on this planet is to, you know, obviously take care of yourself in the best way that you can, but then, you know, surround yourself with quality people. And then you take care of those quality people. And it's not a big group you can't have a big group to, you know, properly take care of everybody. Yep. But then, you know, the people that actually it's reciprocated and that you love and that you, you know, get to meet and have similarities to that, you know, sink your teeth into those people and, and keep them around as long as you can, you know. And that was – so I always appreciate it from him that it was always about life lessons and, you know, just simple ones, but not too many either. You know, just, hey, these are the core values that I want you to maintain, you know, as a young man growing up that, you know – be respectful, be polite, always offer help, you know, and just uh, that's something that I, I don't see a lot of anymore. You know, we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier, but. I totally agree with values, that, man.
0: man. I, I completely agree with that. And I also think that I believe in universal like truth. Absolutely. When you, hear, when you hear something that is honestly true, like true to the core, yep. you will instinctively know that. And everything that you just said is universal truth. Young men, specifically, I feel are, are, especially now, are desperate for a good example. No doubt. And I just, there seems to be a, a, a lack of it. You look around and there are certainly some. And, you know, for, for that, I'm very grateful for those, pe- for those men that are out there providing. And, you know, yeah. we could get into a list of who that might be. But I think you need to have that no matter where you are how you conduct yourself how you speak how you treat other people like the yeah. standard with which you hold yourself and the whole thing of leading by example i will always go back to that talk is cheap oh yeah and anybody can talk but actually like putting rubber to the road and saying like i'm going to show you through how i am and how i live and what i do what is possible that has got to come back it's yeah, got totally. to come back like i know you embody that i know i try to embody that i know the people that we associate with do yep but man you look around in the world and you're just like okay like sup there are a lot of people that are not doing that yep and that's why you have so many people that are or lost or confused or this you know yep. what i mean that's where totally. that whole entitlement thing comes from yep when i was younger if i had gone to the to the the men that I looked up to and acted that way, I I just would have gotten punched in the face. Exactly. Like just getting, that would have been it. They would have been butt. like, Okay, cool. Like you yeah. wanna run your mouth, we're gonna show you the result of that. Yeah. And
1: and you know what? Thank God that they would have done that. Because that the real yeah. world doesn't care. No. See my my parents, they did that. Right. And that's why, you know, I'll never forget I had a lesson in humility. I was uh bragging one day to my dad about, you know, a great football game I had and I was bragging to my uncle and all this kind of stuff. My dad's like, you know, case come over here. You know, explaining what humility means, and you know how we always be—you know—don't brag about yourself. Let right. your actions speak for you, and you know people talk about you in a positive way. But he goes, uh, "If I ever hear you speak like that again, you'll never play sports again in your life." There you go. You know, I was probably 13, 14 years old. You know what I mean? I was that well, was young. Old man. Well, he might, that that was my dad. You know, well, I mean, my dad you so know, one that's of the core things I,
0: You know, one of the things I put up on uh, social media the other day is, if you're truly badass, you don't need to toot your you own horn to say anything like, about it, man. Other people are going to tell everybody else for you. You're right. You let your actions, like you said, you let your actions speak. Amen. So, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know about that. It
1: just, there's a lot of people out there playing the look at me game. Well, and that's that. That's part of what it is now too, because of social media and you know Instagram. And oh, I, I think it, it can I, be a wonderful thing, but it's getting so misconstrued. It's just you know, hey, take all these you know pictures and Photoshop them or this and that. Even though your life could be miserable on the back end. You take all these pictures and you post them and make it look like everything is gloriful. You know? But I
0: also think that like social media is just it's a it's a way to look into the human psyche. People yep. want to blame social media, but what you're really upset with is people. Exactly. Like Yep. They have to post it. Well, but no, yeah. but like here's the thing, is like if those people didn't have followers, it's not the people yep. Okay, the people that are posting that stuff are totally ridiculous. Like the duck lip 20 somethings that are like (laughs) check me out like epic oh my god but those people have 100,000 followers so who are the people that are following them like okay fine this chick is hot we can all agree on it but she has 7,000 posts of her doing nothing right and she has 150,000 followers yep that's a very curious thing why do you follow this person? Yeah. Like they have absolutely no substance. They don't say anything interesting. they don't yep. do anything interesting. Like they well, are they That's are, like it's a one-page book that yep. you open that book and the page is blank and then there's the back cover. and that's it. There's yep. no story worth
1: reading there. To be honest, a lot of it that I feel personally that I've seen more and more is is uh, again it goes back to that, that fragile person, but also like a good jealousy. You know, like I see a lot of people now that they're envious or jealous and, you know, it leads to that hatred and, you know, the seven deadly sins, you know, they talk about with, you know, just having that view of this is what I want to look like, or this is who I wish I could be or this and that, but it's not true. You know, it's not fact. Yeah, for sure. It's all make-believe, but what I can't wait for is I can't
0: wait for like when reality starts to set in on some of these people. Oh, I can't wait! Like that's going to be the best thing,
1: absolutely. Because
0: you're like, okay, cool. Like you're 22, and like this is your thing, and like you've decided that like you don't need to have any skills or do any jobs. And this is this is for everybody out there. Like I'm not pointing to one person in particular, but like, guess what? A couple years, you mean 27? Age is no no one's going to care because like you ain't stopping reality. Nope, nope, can't do it. That to me, like, (laughs) like, and it's awesome. I love that because I just I'm so ready for like the real world to
1: come and just start yeah, teaching some more. lessons. Adam, you're spot on, man. Mother Nature and time are always undefeated, right? Right? You know? I, I mean, it's the truth, man. I I, I I couldn't agree more on that part. I, I just, you know, good for them. You know, they're, they're making money, like, taking pictures is and stuff. garbage but, yeah, if I mean, there's
0: I, nothing behind it. Exactly. Like, that's my favorite thing. Yep. Like, you can run your mouth all you want. But, like, one of my favorite things is, like, you and I are obviously like both into like a lot of sort of very physical things. You can either do this thing or you can't do this thing. Yep. You can tell me how awesome you are, but we're going to figure this out right now. We're going to go. Yep. You can either lift that weight, shoot that bow, run that race, dig yep. that trench, whatever. You can or you can't. Right. And you can't photoshop that at all because we're standing here real time, real life. Yep. And I'm here and you're here. Yep. And either you can do this or you can't do yep. this. Amen. And that is my favorite thing. And if you're one of those people that's not willing to belly up to the bar, I
1: can't know yeah, you. get out of my way. You got to go. Yep. You gotta go. got to go. Go sit at the kids' table. Yep. No, I, I was, it, it's, it was very poorly said, but the point gets across. I had a, a buddy in college that uh, his line was just always nothing to it but to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just very simple way to put it. Hey, if it's not going to get done just looking at it. You know, if you want to get it done. and You ain't going to lift want, it with your mouth. You're darn right you know if you can't lift it well then work that much harder so you can you know it it's just very simple you you put in a you get out you know b but um yeah man I and mean, that's one thing too my my brother is in the the Coast Guard and it's some that really fed to his personality was exactly that yeah. if you work that much harder than everybody and you get certified in this yeah you get paid more yeah you get to do these different things you get first pick you get that you get this and he's just been able to run with it. Now he's, you know, he's out in Maui. He's been to Key West. He's, you know, in all these beautiful places. But he's What's doing things he loves to do. What's the common
0: denominator for every successful person? Like, point to whoever you want that's out there that's successful. They're like, I work yep. harder than my competition. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I feel like there needs to be a litmus test. Like there's all these people that are out there and famous and this. That okay, fine. You're famous, but are you successful? Yep. And if you are successful, how did you get to be successful? Exactly. And they all say, I worked yep. my ass off. Absolutely. And that used to be one of the pillars of this country. Yep. People who came here because they couldn't get a fair shake somewhere else and who were willing to work yep. their asses off just for the chance of success. Yep.
1: They had an opportunity. Exactly. Yep.
0: And now it's like, gimme, 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 I deserve. Like, you don't deserve it. Shit Exactly And like I want that To come back To the forefront Like okay There are We'll bring it back To what you do There are Five spots on this team There are 30 of you here To try out yep. Five of you Are going to get These five spots Yep. 25 of you Are going away Disappointed Figure it out
1: Yep That's what we say At the end of every camp Yeah If you don't like The way you feel right now Figure it out Work sort harder Sort it out You know Eat better Run yeah. more Snap more Whatever it might be you know, and that's the other thing too, and and what I always preach as well, you know, goes full circle to what we've been talking about, is it's not always the best athlete. It's the best person who is also usually a very good athlete or might be the best athlete. Dude, one of know? my favorite
0: movies of all time, and I'm I know we're gonna go football again, but yeah. Rudy
1: Amen, man, dude.
0: That should be <laughs> that should be on every high school curriculum yeah. in the nation. You shouldn't be able to graduate high school in this country without watching that movie. Yep. like that's what it is about. No and doubt. the great thing about that movie is, he only got in for two plays. Yep, and the beating that he took. Yep, and the fact that that's a real story.
1: Yep, and loved every part of it. You know Absolutely, I mean? that's, that's the thing he enjoyed like, every minute. You gotta
0: love the process. Yep, everybody that, wants that's the trophy. The like, the trophy is a representation, it is an acknowledgement of superior effort. It is an totally. acknowledgement of getting in there, of hitting the weight room before anybody else was there, and yep. staying after everybody else went home. No doubt. You know? No doubt. People will look at me and the things that I've done, and they're like, wow, you've done all these things, you've been in these places. You've... Do you know how much work That's I put in? Just happen. When no one else was in the library or the study hall, or yep. the gym, or whatever. Yep. I was there, because you know why? Because when I was growing up, I was maybe the smaller kid, or I wasn't as strong, or I wasn't as smart as I wanted to be. Yep. And my old man was like, look, here's how it's gonna be. You're either gonna like put this bit in your mouth, and get in there, and do the work, exactly, or you won't. And what else he told me was, Just because you are going to do the work is no guarantee you're going to succeed. But he's like, but I do guarantee you if you don't do the work, you won't succeed. And that's a value that people don't have that much anymore, man. Well, I mean, you know what? To their detriment. Yeah. To their detriment. Because while they're sitting on their asses, there's other people who are out there working. They're still doing it. I forget, man, it was a long time ago that I heard this, but this guy was talking about, um, he was a fighter. And he was talking about uh, the coach that he had. He was a young man, and he had a coach that was sort of very stoic, but like had a very high standard for what he expected, but didn't speak a lot. Okay. And he said one of the few things that this coach actually sat him down and told him was, he goes, "Young man, understand that while you are every moment that you are not training." There's someone else out there who is, and when you meet that person in competition, they will destroy yep. you.
1: I say that after every camp, that, that it's honestly one of my lines I and always that say because it's the truth,
0: Universal man. truth. That's it's the just truth. the truth of it. Yep. We're gonna step on this field. We're gonna step in this ring. We're gonna step out onto this mat, yep. and one of us is gonna
1: come out on top. Yep. And that's that's. Why I love competition? Absolutely, you can't hide. No, because the guy that has been training more will win, well, most of the time. But you'll get exploited if you haven't been training and if you're not in shape or if you're not ready to go. Like you'll get exploited, yep. and that's what I love about competition.
0: I think that that is such a valuable thing. I think it just cannot be overstated that we need more of that. Yeah, you know, and if you're not willing to participate in that, that's fine. We're not going to force right. anybody to. Absolutely but also understand that like there are those of us who are yeah don't expect to have those successes correct correct well dude i tell you what man like i think we should tie a bow on this right here i can't think of a better way to end it yeah no but, doubt, uh, buddy. i appreciate you coming over i'm very much looking forward to
1: doing this again um tell people again where they can find you if they want yeah so uh kicking.com is our website but um yeah we do kicking punting long stabbing camps across the country and um, you know my email is on there if Any questions even just in regards to general football, recruiting, and all that kind of stuff is uh, something we can absolutely help out with. Outstanding.
0: All right, guys, we appreciate you listening. Um, Email modernsavagenation at gmail.com, and uh, you can find us on Instagram at modernsavagenation and the website's uh, modernsavagenation.com. We'll talk to you soon. Later.